Hi, it's Dwyer. It is Sunday, July 17th, 2022. Gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. Let's talk about Ryan Garcia's magnificent performance over Javier Fortuna. But first, remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now, for the gamblers, the hedge held, right? I would have preferred to have gotten the greater than plus 600 on Javier Fortuna simply to win. But, and this is the beauty of making the right play, the hedge of Garcia by KO paid you more than if you just took Garcia simply to win the fight, right? And although not mentioned in the pre-fight video, right, which I made on July the 1st here online, please check that out. But although not mentioned in the pre-fight video, the over-under was seven and a half rounds. So if you wanted to take the under, which would have been a better bet than what I recommended, that delivered two. More importantly, the under seven and a half, and hindsight's 100%, would have also given you Fortuna by stoppage. So had Fortuna closed the door early, just thinking for future bets, you would have won on the Fortuna simply to win, and you would have won on the KO prop. As it was here, what I recommended was Fortuna simply to win, hedged with Garcia by KO, the KO rule the day. You could live for another day. Right now, what I want people to do, because this fight's interesting, this is the kind of fight folks should look at the film on. What I want people to do is to go to my favorites folder here. A few days ago, I made a video where I was randomly talking about another Southpaw. Right? Fortuna, of course, was a Southpaw. The Southpaw I was talking about Hall of Famer Pernell Whitaker. And he was facing another taller fighter with an underdeveloped right hand who, although he fought out of an orthodox stance, his Sunday punch was really his left hand, Oscar De La Hoya. Now, I, I need to be fair to everyone here. So let me just point out, both Pernell Whitaker, who, of course, is better defensively than Javier Fortuna, and Oscar De La Hoya, and let's be clear here, I know they're millennials who are in love with Ryan Garcia, right? But Oscar, much faster hands than even Ryan Garcia. Oscar could throw combinations, folks, right? Garcia's fast. He wasn't Oscar fast. Also understand, too, De La Hoya... Much better legs. De La Hoya could dance in fights. Ryan Garcia, comparatively speaking, is flat-footed. Right? Now, don't get me wrong. Maybe Garcia, who is around the age Oscar was when Oscar fought Pernell Whitaker, but maybe Garcia can up his game. And as he learns the sport, right, because he took time off, by the way, both men with some mental health challenges, Right? Maybe Garcia could start to get to the level that Oscar De La Hoya was. 
even though this fight wasn't exactly Pernell Whitaker against Oscar De La Hoya, a masterpiece fight, in my opinion, we could learn a lot by looking at those all-time greats. Right, folks? Just a few points here. Now, they dropped some knowledge on you during the DAZN telecast, right? I thought the guys on DAZN did a particularly good job in this fight. Early on, they point out to you that when Ryan Garcia was growing up, he would spar primarily with his brother, who happened to be left-handed. Right, now that makes a lot of sense. Because understand, he's inverted. His big hand is not his right hand. If you don't figure that out early, you don't know Ryan Garcia. On the telecast, they also tell you, too, that Garcia's right hand, which he seemed reluctant to throw, he can throw it straight, but it's really more like a jab hand from an orthodox position. Garcia hurt the hand. So as they said on the telecast, even though the hand has now healed, Garcia himself believes that he suffers from PTSD with regard to throwing the right hand. So let's figure the young man out. He's primarily a left hooker. That's who he is. Right, as he showed magnificently in this fight where he drops Fortuna off of headshot for one of the knockdowns and a couple of body shots. Right, Garcia, who stands a bit too tall for my liking, is throwing left hooks from such an angle that a southpaw really can't tell whether it's up top or down low. Right now, let's talk about the difference between Javier Fortuna and Pernell Whitaker. And you can look at the films yourself, folks. Right, I have the highlights from this fight in my favorites folder as well. I want you to compare and contrast it to Pernell Whitaker against Oscar De La Hoya. Right? What's Fortuna doing, first of all, in Los Angeles, we'll call that Ryan Garciaville, right? Garcia, very popular in Southern California. What is Fortuna doing? First, gaining all that weight after the weigh-in, right, folks? This fight was supposed to be at 140. 140, right? What's Javier Fortuna doing? 24 hours after a weigh-in, weighing in the mid-150s. Let's ask another question, too, because I'm old school. I'm someone who doesn't like all this rehydration nonsense. What's Ryan Garcia doing, coming in at 148? Right, he gained eight pounds. Why is he calling out 135-pound Gravante Davis? Why would Davis, who's looking at a high-profile division, and I know Davis went up to 140 to fight Mario Barrios, right? But you and I know Davis really is a smaller guy. Why would Davis 
abort the opportunity to face undisputed Devin Haney or to face fan favorite, realistically, on the short list pound for pound in boxing, Lomachenko. Right? You tell me why Davis would give that up to jump up to fight against a guy who's fighting, who fought this fight one pound heavier than 147, the welterweight division. Right? Why is Garcia calling out Davis and not calling out fill in the blank? At 140, Josh Taylor, Regis Progray. Right? Think about it. Even Jack Catterall. 147. How about Jaron Ennis? Right? This was really interesting, too, because understand, Garcia's trainer is Oscar De La Hoya, and Oscar had his buddy in the ring with him. These guys are thick as thieves. Bernard Hopkins. Now, it was really jarring to see Hopkins standing next to Ryan Garcia, because understand, Hopkins was a guy who ruled 160. And for Hopkins fights, look it up. He would come in weighing 158, 157, 159. Right? Hopkins was in prison for a period of time. And he read a book by his favorite fighter, Marvelous Marvin Hagler. And in the book, Hagler talked about discipline. That's what Marvin was all about. And Hagler's point was simply, how bad do you want it? If you want it bad enough, you're going to make sure that you're in shape. You're not yo-yoing in weight. So understand Hopkins, the whole time he's at 160, doesn't eat a donut. Right, so here I'm looking at young Ryan Garcia, and I know he has the world on a string. I know, obviously, he's well-connected if I have him in the ring with Hall of Famers De La Hoya and Hopkins. Right, obviously, he's hanging around superstar-level guys, right? And, of course, before this, before the falling out, and they'll make things right. They'll, they'll mend their differences, but he was around Canelo. Right, Canelo used to be a good friend of his. So let's just say that Brian Garcia is hanging around superstar fighters. He has a lot of role models to pick from. There are a lot of guys in his life. His trainer's Joe Goosen. There are a lot of guys in his life now who, you know, can talk to him and say, yeah, I've been where you are. You know, you're preparing for a championship fight in front of a crowd in a big city that's come to see you. The media's pulling you one way. You're popular. Hey, guess what? I've been there. Right? De La Hoya could have the conversation with him. Let's remember it's De La Hoya who redefines the weigh-in. Right? Weigh-ins used to be real state affairs where a lot of guys try to look tough, would hop on a scale and would glower at each other. Then suddenly for Oscar fights, suddenly the women were out. Suddenly people started to realize, hey, this is a co-ed big time event. We can put this in an arena. We can make this add to the weekend spectacle, right? Have this as a nice fight publicity generator, right? Oscar 
a better fighter than Ryan Garcia. Let's just be blunt. Right? Oscar has been there. Ryan Garcia has his counsel. So let's answer the question. Why not some of the other guys I've named? It's because Ryan Garcia is still trying to get his confidence. It's because Ryan Garcia, on the way up, sparred against the southpaw. He decided he's going to fight Javier Fortuna, a southpaw. Now he's calling out Gervonta Davis, who, guess what, folks? Happens to be a southpaw. Now, you saw the crowd yesterday, and it was hyped. Ryan Garcia draws a crowd by himself. Don't get me wrong. Tank draws a crowd, too. Obviously, Tank would be a major box office draw. That would make that fight that much bigger. But does he want to fight Tank because of Tank's profile, or does he want to fight Tank because Tank's a southpaw? Because Tank is a guy who will have the kind of low-volume fight that he had against Romero. Because Tank is a guy who'll get so caught up in the boxing chess match that a Floyd Mayweather at ringside has to tell him, hey, player, this fight's too close, when he was fighting Mario Barrios. You know, hey, player, this fight's only 12 rounds. You've got to step on the gas. Right, you're the knockout puncher. You need to throw some knockout punches. Don't get Anthony Joshua here, where you forget about your power, then you're caught up in a chess match that you're losing on the scorecards. Right, now let's talk about Javier Fortuna. Folks, what the hell is he doing? Somebody tell me. Pernell Whitaker against a one-handed fighter, that's who Ryan Garcia is right now. Sorry, folks. Right, he's in the ring, he has PTSD, is hesitant to throw his right hand. Hey, that means he doesn't have the right hand he once did. You're looking at Fortuna get hit with shots. Folks, they're all left-handed shots. Now, why is it against a better fighter, Pernell Whitaker, almost from the opening bell of round one, understood? I need to crowd this man's left hand. I don't care what stance he's in. His power hand is his left hand. I need to be on that side. I need to have him know you're not going to be able to wind up and throw that punch. Garcia is not even throwing it short. On the telecast, Sergio Mora tells you that it's like a slingshot. Right. It's a slingshot. It's This is not Rocky Marciano. This is not Monster. These punches aren't the short one-foot variety where the other guy looks like he's falling out of a plane. Right? No, 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 no. This is a long punch that Brian Garcia is throwing. You understand. You can take his right hand. He does throw a few straight rights, but you're thinking to yourself, man, if I'm fighting Garcia, I'd much rather take my chances with his right hand than his left hand. Let me also say, too, 
When you're fighting a one-handed fighter, you have to realize he only has so many of those punches to throw. Now, Fortuna in L.A., in Ryan Garciaville, start slow. Start slow. Worse yet, he's getting hit with Garcia's left hand. You're like, whoa, wait a minute, player. You know, how is the guy hitting you early in the fight with his primary weapon? Also, Pernell Whitaker <sighs> bent his knees. Right? Pernell understood he's fighting a taller Oscar. He has to take away something. He can't have Oscar hitting him in the body. He has to get low. So Pernell is smothering Oscar's left hand, and he's bending low. So Oscar has to reach for him. Right? Pernell doesn't have to stop and think, is Oscar going to hit me in the head, or is he going to hit me in the body? Because Pernell is already in a crouch, so Pernell knows Oscar can't find my body. Right, And as Oscar, with much better feet, much better movement than Ryan Garcia, as Oscar moved, you'll notice Pernell moves. Right here, I'm looking at Javier Fortuna. The word that comes to mind for the first two rounds is sluggish. Did Fortuna not know that he was several years older than Ryan Garcia? Did he not know that Ryan Garcia's last fight went the distance, that Garcia has already shown an ability to go the distance? What was Fortuna trying to do? I thought Fortuna, a fast starter, was going to come out and was going to let the young guy know, player, I got your left hand smothered. What else do you have? If you're going to start throwing a lot of left hands early, let's get the party started. I'm a knockout puncher, too. I have a 60% KO percentage. You want a free swing with an OG? Let's go. I'll take my chances. Right? If this is going to be wild and crazy, let's make it wild and crazy. No. Fortuna comes out and gives the kid confidence. He's not smothering Ryan Garcia's left hand. What did he think Garcia was going to hit him with? The right hand that Garcia had surgery on? That Garcia has PTSD over, according to the guys on the, the zone. Right, let me just say, you're fighting a guy with a surgically repaired hand. Isn't the attitude, okay, hey, play, let's both find out together how confident you are in throwing your surgically repaired hand. Right, the game plan shouldn't be, hey, I'm going to play with fire. Oh, you have a great left hand. It's an A-level left hook that Ryan Garcia has. Why don't I get hit with it a few times? Why don't I stand so upright that I don't know if you're aiming for my head or for my body? Right, it was ridiculous. Right, so I fought Fortuna. He didn't seem as gung-ho as I thought he was going to. Let me say, too, you know, you show me a guy 
who yo-yos in weight the way Fortuna did for this fight. You're up around 156, 157 for a fight that was at 140. I could only imagine the time he spent in the sauna, the time he spent without water before the weigh-in. So let me just say this. If I'm Gervonta Davis, right, I have a lot of options. Gervonta is going to make money. Whether he lingers at 135, folks, fans know who he is. Right, Gervonta Davis has reached the point now where he is the ultimate moment of truth. Right, there are many people who are looking at 135. They understand there's an undisputed champ. I'm not going to take that away from Devin Haney. But we all want to see him against Gervonta Davis. And if that fight were announced, I'm not sure if the undisputed champ would be even favored in that fight. Right, so Davis has a lot of roads he can take. If he decided to take the Ryan Garcia road, my advice to Davis would be, Ignore Garcia's right hand. Look at the Pernell Whitaker tape, right? What's the harm in looking at what a fellow Southpaw, who happens to be one of the best defensively in the history of the sport, did against a guy with a great left hand, another Hall of Famer, right? What's the harm in looking at that fight? If you're a southpaw and you're thinking to yourself, and, and you're a puncher, and you're thinking to yourself, hey, how can I maximize my chances of winning in dealing with the kind of left hand that Purnell did against Oscar? Right? Move your feet. Get over on Garcia's left side. Let Garcia know, look, dude, you're going to have a hard time. You're going to have a hard time getting off this shot. I'm going to smother the shot, and guess what? I'm going to be over here as a southpaw. So when I turn over my left hand, it's going to come straight down Main Street. As you're here winging A-level left hooks, right? I'm going to be forcing you to think about defense, right? The angles are wrong for Fortuna. That's the bottom line. The pacing is wrong for Fortuna. He's taking a sluggish, leisurely walk through a stadium in Los Angeles where 95% of the people have come to see his charismatic opponent. Bad idea. Not only that, he's not even defensively minded enough to take away at least a part of what Ryan Garcia is doing. Nobody should be surprised at a Ryan Garcia fight when Garcia is throwing great-looking left hooks. But nobody should be surprised. That's like Deontay Wilder throwing straight right hands. Right? You should be in the fight thinking, okay, I knew this was coming. All right, how am I going to defense this? Right? How can I force this guy to try to hit me in the head because he can't find my body, and how can I put a hand in place? And keep in mind, Fortuna's a southpaw, 
So he should have been prepared to park his right hand on the side of his face over by Garcia's left side. He should have had a hand up for defense already and still had his dominant hand free. That's not the way he played it. Right, so I have no objection to a Ryan Garcia Gervonta Davis fight. My only point is, folks, the water is deep right now at 135, at 140, and at 147. Right? Just understand, you have some fighters. I could criticize Josh Taylor all day over that Jack Catterall fight. As I make this video, Josh Taylor officially is an unbeaten fighter. Right? If Ryan Garcia is weighing 148 on fight night, I don't know why he's not calling out Jaron Ennis or Virgil Ortiz. Right, by the way, he fought Virgil Ortiz as an amateur. I thought Ortiz won the fight. The judges thought differently. That's a big fight. Right, no, he's focused on Gervonta Davis, a guy who was a guest star at 140. Right, how much did Gervonta Davis weigh when he fought Leo Santa Cruz? Hint, it wasn't close to 140. Here you have Ryan Garcia entering the ring here at 148. Finally, let me close with some other news. Right, um, Garcia, magnificent left hook, got the stoppage. You understood that Fortuna was in serious trouble after he went down the first time, right? And you saw that mouthpiece tumble out of his mouth, right? You understood that. Let's, let's talk about different news. You know, boxing has so many BS interviews, Right? Let's face it. You know, the guy's talking. Everyone believes they can beat the other fighter. Yada, yada, yada. Right? Everyone is king of the hill. Everyone's master of their own domain. One of the real interviews, and it's one that's going to impact the future of the heavyweight division, is Tyson Fury's recent interview where he admits to the interviewer, and it's on BoxingScene.com, that he did not know whether he had been dropped two times or four times in the third Wilder fight. He also talked about, and keep in mind, this fight lingers. Right? He gets dropped in the fourth round. The fight lingers into the later rounds. He talks about how he feared that he had brain damage. How he had these big welts on his head after the fight. By the way, Gravante, uh, excuse me, <laughs> Wilder hits that hard, right? Folks like Derek Chisora begging for Wilder fights need to reconsider. The health risk is real. Brain injury is the kind of thing where you think the guy looks okay, and then 10 years later, the guy's not giving interviews, right? The little film you have of the guy has the guy with slurred speech. Right, so if, if Tyson Fury has concerns right now about the punishment he took against Wilder, he needs to realize that Joshua hits awfully hard. 
right? If Joshua beats Usyk, if I'm Tyson Fury, I might think about retiring at that point, right? Because really, the only people Tyson Fury should be fighting would be a Wilder again. Wilder's really his big nemesis, right? Two fights where Wilder got multiple knockdowns. Right? A Wilder, let's remember again, Wilder had the heavyweight title for five years. Right? I know some of you disagree with me. Okay, fair enough. I'm just telling you, Wilder is going to be a Hall of Famer when he's eligible. And the winner of Usyk against Joshua. Now, as I've said here before, I believe Usyk gives Fury more trouble than people realize, because Usyk is exactly the kind of hyper-coordinated, smaller guy who can fight different styles that has given Tyson Fury problems in the past. Let's remember, Fury gets knocked down by Steve Cunningham. I would argue Fury was having problems with Otto Wallen. I know Wallen's a heavyweight, but Wallen is an athlete. Right? I would argue that Fury was having problems with Otto Wallen, right? The kind of heavyweight who Fury excels against is a Vladimir Klitschko, a guy who's methodical, who's robotic, who's predictable. Fluid guys, smaller guys who can move, right? Guys with legs give Fury problems. So if I'm Fury... I should realize that I'm already a historical heavyweight. Folks, as he is retired, we're going to look back, and every big man who comes along with any kind of coordination, we're going to say, wow, you know, he moves a little bit like Tyson Fury. Right? Any big man who comes in and can switch from righty to lefty, who can actually dance in the ring, we're going to say, hey, he reminds me of Tyson Fury. Right? Fury's legacy is going to age well, whether or not he continues on in the sport. So let me say this. If he had serious conversations with himself, and it sounds like he did, about the risk involved in his chosen profession, and let's remember, he's not in his 20s, folks. He's in his mid-30s. If he's honest with himself and he's looking in the mirror and he's thinking about the fact that he did not know how many times he was knocked down against Wilder. In other words, he's there against one of the sport's major KO punchers and he was woozy. Right? Probably so woozy that you probably wouldn't want to have him behind the wheel in an automobile. But yet here he was in a sporting event against a guy trying to knock him down a third time for several rounds. If Fury knows he's been there, then if I were him, I'd walk away from the sport. Right? I'm a huge Tyson Fury fan. People know that. Right? I thought Fury was going to beat Vladimir Klitschko. Right? I thought Fury, even when he was in witness protection, right? He comes back, he fights, you know, Tom and Dick. Before he fights Harry, he fights for Deontay Wilder's title. I pick Fury in that fight. I feel he's a historical heavyweight. 
but I also understand the risk involved. Here in the United States, we have NFL football. I can tell you a guy who chronologically was younger than Fury is right now, wide receiver Demarius Thomas, right, died prematurely. This was a guy who was a Pro Bowl, in other words, very high level, all-star wide receiver, one of the better athletes, big guy, could catch the ball in traffic, was strong. Then suddenly he lost it all. Suddenly he was out of the league. He's no longer with us. Now we're hearing he had brain injury. Right? Aaron Hernandez, you might have heard about him. Let's remember, in his prime, Hernandez was a great tight end. I mean, a great tight end. Carried a fantasy team I had one year. Right? He left us far too early. His behavior became erratic. Now we're finding out he had CTE. If Tyson Fury has any such concerns, and he's a father, he's a husband, and he has money in the bank, he may want to look around the heavyweight division, folks. Wilder, huge puncher. Joshua, huge puncher. Zhang. Huge puncher, right? It's going to be hard, quite frankly, to avoid some of the guys in the sport with big punches. Let me also point out, too, Usyk is a big deceptive. If you want to know about his punching power, look at the Tony Bellew fight. Worse yet, look at the last 30 seconds of the Anthony Joshua fight. Right, Joshua looks spent over by the ropes, and you know in your heart that had Usyk decided to risk a little bit more, had he turned on the heat in the 10th round, Joshua likely doesn't go 12. Right, if I'm Tyson Fury these days, I have a lot to think about. He, of course, is calling out folks like Derek Chisora. Right? I'm just saying this diplomatically. At his level of the game, people are going to expect fights against Wilder, against Joshua Usyk, right? Not Derek Chisora. <laughs> who he's already fought twice. Anyway, that's how I see it. Let me congratulate Ryan Garcia. Unbeaten fighter. Terrific knockout against... A very tough opponent. Let's remember Javier Fortuna had been a champion in the past, had been in wars in the past. Some of his losses were razor close. Right? As for Gervonta Davis, just understand, when other fighters are calling you out, that lets you know who the cash cow is in the division, doesn't it? Right? Davis has a lot of options. He needs to think about What's in it for him, he needs to realize, too, one of the reasons he's being called out is because he's a southpaw. And let's be blunt here. Garcia doesn't have much of a right hand, and right now, at this stage of his return to the sport, feels more confident against southpaws. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. Thanks for stopping by.